Welcome to this episode of Bird and Bird's Competitive Edge podcast, in which we dissect competition and EU law issues to help you understand how they may affect your business. My name is Batis Flesauers, and I am senior associate in our EU competition trade and public affairs team in Brussels. And on this episode, we will be discussing the European Commission's proposals to improve working conditions of people working through digital labor platforms, topic which touches upon employment and competition law. I'm joined here by Cecilia Lae and Guillaume Nolens, respectively counsel and associate in our international HR services group in Brussels. Welcome to the podcast, Cecilia and Guillaume. Happy to be here, Baptiste. Thank you. Thank you, Baptiste. Delighted. So, Cecilia, people working through digital platforms. Perhaps you can explain to our listeners, what are we actually talking about here? Well, Baptiste, digital platforms is something we have heard a lot about over the past decade. It has, in fact, become a part of everyday life. Um, Basically, the idea behind it is to facilitate commercial exchanges between users and suppliers through a digital infrastructure based on algorithms. The best known examples include Uber, which seeks to connect drivers with passengers, or Deliveroo, which links up restaurants and delivery couriers with package consumers. But the possibilities are boundless and creative entrepreneurs come up with new ideas for platform work almost every day. Whether you're a parent in search of a private tutor for your child or an elderly person who needs assistance to move your furniture, there will be some or other platform available on the internet to help connect you to the person who can perform the service or deliver the goods. Indeed, and the sector is really growing quickly. Um, Over 28 million people in the EU work through digital labour platforms, and this is actually expected to grow to 43 million by 2025. The platform platform economy itself is estimated to be worth a whopping 14 billion euro. But Guillaume, the European Commission has some concerns. It indeed seems that way, Baptiste. The Commission's main issue seems to be that these new forms of work make it difficult to classify the employment status of people correctly. Most of the workers who provide services via a platform are in fact not employees of the platform, but are self-employed providers who work via the platform. The Commission, however, believes that approximately 5.5 million of these platform workers are incorrectly qualified as self-employed and should in fact be considered employees. According to the Commission, this leads in some situations to inadequate labour rights and social protection. And to tackle this, the Commission published a package of measures last month. There are three actually. First of all, a communication that sets out the EU approach and measures on platform work. And this communication is complemented by actions that national authorities social partners and other relevant actors should take at their level. It also aims to lay the foundations for work on future global standards for high quality platform work. In addition to that, there is also a proposal for a directive on improving working conditions in platform work. This includes measures to correctly determine the employment status of people working through digital labor platforms and new rights for both workers and self-employed people regarding algorithmic management. And then thirdly, there were 
there are draft guidelines clarifying the application of EU competition law to collective agreements of solo self-employed people seeking to improve their working conditions. And this includes those working through digital labour platforms. And since we're on the Competitive Edge podcast, perhaps you can tell us some more about this last point, Baptiste. I, I would be delighted to, Cecilia. Now, in the proposed guidelines, the Commission specifies that competition law does not apply to agreements of certain categories of so-called solo self-employed persons, which the Commission considers to be in a situation roughly comparable to that of normal workers. The guidelines specify that the exclusion only covers agreements concerning the solo self-employed person's working conditions, covering things like remuneration, working time, working patterns, etc. Elements like the prices which are charged in relation to the consumers are not covered. So if we take a concrete example of a food delivery platform, um, the platform and the riders can make an agreement on the remuneration of the riders, but they can't agree on the prices charged to the consumers for the delivery service. And then finally, the draft guidelines also state that the Commission will not intervene against certain other categories of collective agreements if those agreements aim to correct an imbalance in bargaining power between solo self-employed persons and their counterparties and if they are intended to improve working conditions. So the draft guidelines are currently undergoing a public consultation, uh, so stakeholders can have their voice heard until the 24th of February 2022. Now, I'm wondering, what's your take on this competition law initiative from an employment point of view? Well, from an employment law perspective, this is really a big shift, actually. Although the guidelines say that they don't pronounce themselves how these solo self-employed persons are qualified under national law, so as employees or as self-employed persons, it will be interesting to see how this plays out. How will these collective agreements be treated under national law? Will they be able to be declared generally applicable, like quote, unquote, normal collective bargaining agreements? I expect these agreements are likely to give rise to quite some disputes in the labor courts. The Commission may be giving some comfort in the competition law, but that may not be the case from an employment law perspective. I can definitely see that. Um, and, and I also understand from Cecilia that there is a proposal for a directive, which may perhaps have an even more profound impact on employment law. Indeed, the Commission's package also includes a proposal for the directive, which contains a number of criteria to determine whether the platform is an employer or not. What is interesting is that the majority of the criteria are purely economic. For example, whether the platform can set an upper limit for the level of remuneration, whether it can restrict the possibility to perform work for a third party, etc. This approach is debatable, not to say contentious, because quite a few EU member states currently define the notion of employer authority by reference to a legal rather than economic dependence. The question then obviously arises whether the Commission is not overstepping its remit by interfering in what is in essence a matter of national employment law. There are a few more aspects to the directive that I would like to highlight. Um, first of all, the directive also wants these platforms to operate more transparently and requires them to make key information about their activities and the people who work through them available to national authorities. And then secondly, the directive imposes 
human rather than machine monitoring on the respect of working conditions and it gives the workers the right to contest automated decisions. It's important to note that these new rights will be granted to both workers, employees, as well as genuine self-employed. The aim of the Commission is thus double. It seeks to harness the benefits of the digital economy, but also to safeguard workers' rights. And this is also the case on the issue of competition law. The, the guidelines really aim to bring legal certainty and make sure that EU competition law does not stand in the way of certain solo or self-employed people's efforts to improve collectively their working conditions in cases where they are in a relatively weak position. Now, this is really interesting, these developments, and, and I do think that more generally we, we see an increased interaction in the EU between employment and competition law, not only on this front, but also, for example, in relation to non-poaching agreements between competing employers. Uh, but that's perhaps a topic for another podcast episode. Thank you very much, Cecilia and Guillaume. This has been really informative. And to our listeners, thank you for listening to the Competitive Edge podcast. It goes without saying that you can always get in touch with us if you have any questions. Thank you very much and goodbye.